Hello, and welcome to the Future Proof Podcast. This is our bi-monthly podcast where we chat about stuff we're working on and anything cool we're planning. I'm Melissa Avery Weir. And I'm Gregory Avery Weir. And Melissa, you had a, uh, a bit of fun on one of our friend's Twitch channels lately. I did, I did. Our friend uh, Jim Ryan, other, also known as Other Doc, ran a paranormal spy thriller mini campaign. It took us three sessions. The Top of the World. Yes, called Top of the World. It was three sessions long, and it used uh, <laughs> used Rosette Diceless. It was phenomenal. It was super cool watching and seeing like people playing our system that weren't us, <laughs> right? Like we've right. we've been involved in in virtually every game of of Rosette Diceless we've played. Um and seeing people use it and like understand the system and be excited by rules in it was was super cool but i didn't get to play in it you're the one that was uh was on camera yes and it was delightful i've only done streamed stuff maybe two other times i think both on jim's channel i was very nervous especially because <laughs> all the other players are streamers themselves like streamers of tabletop role-playing games so I felt a little bit like a rookie, but it was it was phenomenal. Jim did great pre-gen characters for it, um, and one of the players built their own, did a great job there. Folks really seemed to get the system. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's always a little bit of like, you know, how how does conflict work? Like you have to learn the system a little bit, but they they seemed to get the gist of what was happening and and how play flowed and kind of where the strategic components were. And these people have played a lot of systems since it's, you know, their job to one degree or another. Uh, so it was it was awesome. They seem to like the system a lot, which is, uh, you know, very cool to hear. And I think we made something, I think we made something good. Like, uh, I mean, I don't just mean Rosette Diceless. I mean, I think the game was good. Uh, that it was a, yeah. a good spy story. Uh, with some some fun twists, the paranormal supernatural element was distinct and weird and very good. So I will be linking to the archives of that in the show notes, which I don't know if they'll be on YouTube at that point, but they'll definitely be on Twitch. So I look forward to that. For sure. We've also been, um, as we've talked about before, doing a little bit of work on Exploit Zero Day. And Greg has been doing some design work for a new kind of something to enhance the puzzles of EZD. Yeah, so we haven't really added like huge new design aspects to the game for a very long time. Like we've been very focused on polishing and getting story out, but we've had stuff bouncing around for a bit that is um, new node types. So Exploit Zero Day, the puzzles are a bunch of nodes on a grid, different little things that do different stuff when you hit them with packets uh, as part of the puzzle. And we, for a while, we, we, we will occasionally get requests that are like, hey, it would be cool if there was a node that did X, you know, or, or it would be nice if there was a way to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of those, I mean, there are some nodes in the game right now in exploit zero day that we're not in the original exploit and that's sort of part of that design process and that iteration and that expansion but we sort of sat down and we're like okay what are the types of nodes that we'd like to have and that would actually be interesting 
to play with and also like still make the creation of puzzles kind of interesting and require creativity and have constraints around it right because like we could just say program the behavior of a puzzle with javascript but we're not (laughs) we're we're making we're making a specific kind of game so figuring out where we wanted stuff to be available was was really cool and so we've got um a work in progress sketch of kind of like our intentions this might change by the time it gets implemented way down the road Mm -hmm. but we've got ideas that are based around this idea of corrupted nodes so if folks have played super mario maker they will know that if you pick up a a type of block and like shake it you can get a different (laughs) form of that block and that's sort of the idea we're going with here where each node type has a corresponding corrupted node and so the existing what are they called sensors and semaphores that are the flat blue and yellow nodes that are the equivalent of the flip-flops and buffers they are they're those flat versions are going to become corrupted versions of the non-flat versions and then we're going to add a bunch of other things we've got ideas for a node that lets one packet through and then turns into a blocker we've got ones that only allow packets through vertically or horizontally uh we've got an idea for one that kind of alternates between being a block and being not a block kind of like the latch node the the teal cylinder that we have currently and a lot of these are just based on like what are places where we've made systems or we've seen other people make systems and they've had to like do something a little too complicated to do <laughs> like a common task so right. that the yeah the the what do we call i think we call it the one-time pass node that, mm-hmm. that is Classic. the let let one packet through and then it turns into a blocker that's the like one of the things that we feel like we do the most right there's all sorts of places in puzzles where you want to like let one packet through to cycle around in an area but they shouldn't be able to add more or it would swamp the the mechanics of the system Mm -hmm. um so all of all of them have sort of that feel uh i'm excited to do it but it will be a while like these plans might change right and this is this is in our sort of beta set I think instead of, you know, our alpha. So there's that, mm-hmm. but you know, we also have headless swarm and, and things like that. But yes, it's on the docket. I'm excited. I think, you know, there are these places where it will take us anywhere between two and five nodes to produce the pattern at hand if you're doing it, you know, mm-hmm. without these corrupted nodes. And to have it be one node will be cool. And we get to build a tutorial around it, so Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be like, here's 10 of 20 kinds of things you can drop on this puzzle. Welcome, new player. Uh, just a little, that's, that'd be a lot. So, so yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And we're, we're, I guess we're sort of focusing on new players a bit because we've gotten a request as part of some of our Rosette Diceless promotion stuff that we've been doing that uh, is something that I think we want to do that we have not provided to players before yeah so um someone requested example characters in a clearer ways way than we've provided in the past so we do have 
I think two or three example characters on the Rosette Diceless site now, but they're like scanned in pencil or pen versions of our character sheets from our home game. Yeah. Which were pre-pandemic, so they were on paper, <laughs> handwritten. Mm-hmm. So now, one, we have digital versions of those because we've been playing virtually. Two, we have other examples of characters so that people don't need to like listen to, you know, tabletop garden and then deconstruct <laughs> what the characters mm-hmm. were there. So we're going to provide example sci-fi and fantasy and I guess, I mean, I don't know that we've... Normal. (laughs) Normal. Mundane. (laughs) Yes, I mean, the Tabletop Garden characters were were non-fantasy. So we'll be providing those in some sort of nicely organized fashion so that folks can see what starting characters and not necessarily even starting characters look like. I don't think I could reliably reproduce my you know five-year-old home game characters original (laughs) stats for one that was a few versions of the system ago (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh and we used to you know our attribute values were different at that point and for another it is interesting to see you know what happens in character growth like do you keep adding superlative traits do you you know how do you fit it all on a sheet or two sheets so we'll be providing those soon um so Stay tuned on Twitter and our blog and newsletter and the next episode of this for links to that. Uh, And then we have one final little baby that we're working on that Greg has Mm -hmm. been has been working on. Odd bug report came in. Yeah. So we are our first release as Future Proof Games. Our first commercial release was Ossuary. Uh, Our cool, I don't know horror comedy discordian underworld game what's an adventure game where all the inventory items are sins vices that you're manipulating people with (laughs) and uh we got a report on steam i think that was hey when i move diagonally things really lag and uh we were able to reproduce it and it's it's one of those weird ones where it's like nothing has changed in ossuary right no it's been years we yeah, it's, we haven't done anything to it other than I think I think our latest update was like, oh, we need to replace an expired security certificate. Right, and maybe something um, for 64-bit Mac, which actually might have just been yeah. checking a box inside of <laughs> inside of Steam. I don't remember. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like, we're not sure right now whether it's maybe this is an issue that's always been there and it's more obvious because computers are faster now, maybe, or... Um, you know, what? Maybe this is a thing that just just some weird change in compatibility. Uh, but that's a thing we're gonna have to dive into, and it's it's interesting how like there there's a developers have a uh, an idiom they use. We 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 say that there's something called bit rot, yes, which is that programs and data somehow like gets worse over time <laughs> if you don't maintain it and it's it's kind of true like theoretically if you got a computer from back then and used it it would be fine but just like a bunch of little minute changes in system architecture and speeds of of processors and stuff can mean that new bugs appear or things that weren't that you didn't realize were issues when you initially implemented it turn out to be ones right like you can easily you can imagine like there might be a thing that's like something steadily gets worse over the course of the decade after you release a thing Mm -hmm. and so like year after year maybe this bug continues to get worse and worse because there's some math being done poorly or something right 
in in your code so so that's a that's a thing that i'm going to get to boot up flash develop which it's been a while since i booted up my flex action script 3 development ide and check dive into some <laughs> check old... that check that ide for the log for j <laughs> vulnerability <laughs> <laughs> actually it might be too old for that actually <laughs> i won't let anyone make external http calls to my flash <laughs> ide um it's funny because like this is one of the few places in which flash like i can code in as3 and do flash development and have mm-hmm. it be deployable right, right. because because right. adobe air is this weird like self-contained thing but uh hopefully i can fix it it may be that we end up going yeah i don't know here's a workaround maybe and sorry yeah. that it's kind of kludgy um, yeah. but we'll see hopefully we can clean up that jankiness <laughs> it might be something simple i mean it really might be there if game developers will understand it really might be that we like didn't adjust for time elapsed since the last update or something like that and mm-hmm. so there's some cycle running ten thousand times every second right um, yeah but... my first thought was of the sort of classic uncapped frame rate situation that yep. can happen yep. with old games played on modern systems where it's like oh oh no oh no uh so yeah hopefully it'll be something simple it can hardly yeah. be something terribly complex right yeah it'll it'll either be simple or we will be completely stumped <laughs> right so we'll see on this decade old game i i, I will say it's oh, uh, actually it was yeah. it was 2013 when it came out so not quite 10 yeah. years uh <laughs> we're, we're getting there though we are so along with ossuary and everything else <laughs> you can find all of our stuff over at futureproofgames.com we're over on twitter at play futureproof and on youtube as futureproof games Hit us up with any questions or comments you have, either over on the blog or on social media. And uh, our theme music is Juparo by Broke for Free, which is used with permission. Mm-hmm.